Well, hello, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Erin Mayalki, and I'm the REACH director here at New Life. And if you're a first-time guest here today, I am so glad that you're, you have decided to join us because we are on part 10 of our Q&A series, and there's only two more weeks left. And if you've been here or watching online, you know that we've responded to questions such as things about the meaning of life, the importance of Jesus, faith, prayer, how we can make the most of the rest of our lives. Last week, Pastor Chris covered how we can resist evil. And if you've missed any of these messages, I highly recommend that you go and watch the recordings because pastors Chris, Alex, and Barry have done a phenomenal job of providing biblical and practical responses to these questions. And today our focus is, why should I tell others? And the short answer and our take-home point is that we should tell others because Jesus told us to. Amen. And I'm a mom. So as a mom, I think that this is a le totally legit response because it's basically the biblical version of because I said so. <laughs> but as kids, we weren't always satisfied when our parents gave us that answer. And to simply hear Jesus told us to might not satisfy some of you. So the good news is, I have five reasons for you of why we should tell others. And they are that God made us for him. Jesus shared the good news, so must we. Sharing the good news is our responsibility and our privilege. Sharing Jesus shows our gratitude. And without Jesus, there's no hope for hope. But before we dive in, let's take a moment in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for each person in this room who you have placed here today, now, for a reason. Lord, I pray that whatever is said today, Lord, that you would be revealed to each and every one of us. And Lord, I know that you are doing a work in each one of us. And Father, I pray that our eyes would be open, our hearts would be open, our ears would be open, and that we would just receive it, that we would hear the good news, and that we would walk out of here today ready to share the good news with everyone. And it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray, amen. So reason number one, God made us for him. Even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through our union with Christ, so that we would want to be holy and without fault before him. God created us in his image, and there's a spirit in each of us that allows us to communicate with him, and God made us like this because he wants to have a relationship with us forever. But without hearing and believing the good news, that can't happen. And the good news is that Jesus came here for us. The good news is that God became one of us so that we could be one with him. Biblical writers, they call that the gospel, the good news. And the first part of that good news is that Jesus came here for us. And we read about that in John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And we know that the word is Jesus. And many of us came here today or are online because we've at least heard the good news. But maybe not all of us have believed it yet. And I am really praying that if you haven't believed it yet, 
that today is the day that you will finally believe it. Because believing and accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it takes us from being God's creation and makes us one of God's children. And that once we accept Jesus, we become heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus. And as heirs of God, created in his image and made to imitate Jesus, we need to imitate our reason number two, that Jesus shared the good news, and so must we. Because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And if God made us in his image and made to imitate Jesus, then our mission needs to mirror his. Because Jesus said, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And as Jesus' followers, he expects that we will be on mission for him. He expects us to seek and save the lost too. He leaves the 99 to find the one, and so must we. So who is your one or ones? Is it your spouse, one of your children, a relative, a friend, a coworker? God puts you where you are for a reason. God put these people in your life for a reason. And if that's not enough to light a fire under you, then consider reason number three, that sharing the good news is our responsibility and a privilege. Because the Bible makes it clear that if we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're going to hell. And that is not a popular thing to say. It is not something that people want to hear but it's the truth. And as believers, we know this truth, and we know the fate that Jesus has saved us from, but we also know that there's people we love and care about that right now are going to hell. It's ultimately on them if they, accept not, if they choose not to accept Jesus, but it's on us if we never tell them about him. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We get to represent him everywhere we go. I mean, if it is an honor to serve as an ambassador for a government, how much more incredible is it to represent the king of kings? And if we choose to shirk this responsibility, if we refuse to accept this title and perform this job, then who's going to tell others? We know who Jesus is, and we know what he has done for us. So how could we not want to share what's our reason number four, that sharing Jesus shows our gratitude? But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you, outsiders to God's ways, had no idea of any of this, didn't know the first thing about the way God works, hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel, hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. Now, because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. Jesus saved us. If a firefighter saved you from a burning building, wouldn't you tell everybody about that firefighter? They risked their life to save yours. You're alive because of them. 
But if someone saving your life isn't enough to get you talking about them, then maybe your love for them would. When I fell in love with my husband, Matt, I wanted everyone to know him and love him too because the love that I felt for him, I couldn't contain it. And it's the same with the love that I have for Jesus. I can't contain it and I don't want to contain it. I want it to spill out into everything that I say and do. I want other people to know Jesus and love him too. I want people to know that he saved me from the fires of hell. He didn't just risk his life. He gave his life so that I could live forever. How could I not want to tell people about him? Because Jesus has filled me with such a sense of purpose, a sense of hope. But not everybody gets to feel the way that I do because our reason number five, that without Jesus, there's no hope for hope. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Billions of people are walking around right now just feeling completely hopeless. They have this God-sized hole inside of them, but they don't know what it is, but they know that something's missing, and so they try to fill this hole with anything they can, just cramming things in there to just feel complete. And singer Sinead O'Connor said, as a race, we feel empty because our spirituality's been wiped out and we don't know how to express ourselves. And as a result, we're encouraged to fill that gap with alcohol, drugs, sex, or money. People are out there screaming for the truth. And they keep looking to places for the truth. They look to the news for the truth, or at least answers. And looking at the news only makes them feel more anxiety, more stress, more hopelessness. They need the good news. And they're not gonna hear it on CNN, MSNBC, or Fox, or any other news outlet. But they will hear it from you. Your story, your life, what Jesus has done for you, that's what they need to hear. These people don't know Jesus, and without him, the weight of this world is crushing them because we live in a decaying and dying world. Without Jesus, where can people find hope? But this is where you come in. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Salt, of course, adds flavor, but in the ancient world, it was used as a preservative to keep the meat from going bad. Jesus was basically saying, you're the people that are going to keep things from going bad. You are the salt of the earth, the whole world. You're the light that brings light into the darkness. 
And if you're questioning your influence or your ability to make a difference, consider this story. There was a man walking along the beach in Mexico, and he saw tens of thousands of starfish on the beach. The tide had receded, and the starfish were drying out in the heat of the sun, lacking oxygen, and they were dying. And there was this little boy who was going up and one by one picking up starfish and walking back to the water and throwing them in. And this man looked at the boy and he was like, look around you. There are tens of thousands of starfish on the beach. Do you really think you're making any difference? And that little boy went, picked up another starfish, walked right back to the water and threw it in. And as he did, he looked at that guy and he said, I bet, I bet it made a difference to that one. You have the ability to make a difference for that one. You might be thinking, well, how? How am I supposed to do this? I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a public speaker. But Jesus has already called you salt, a light. And more than that, the Holy Spirit lives within you. And by his power, you can do infinitely more than you can even imagine. You have been equipped. And those of us here at New Life, we are here to help equip you further because Jesus said to go. And according to the people at Alpha, the word go appears in the Bible 1,514 times. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And Jesus said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So we have our marching orders, but here's some instructions on how to carry out the orders, the, the five Ps to share Jesus with others. We have presence, persuasion, proclamation, power, and prayer. Our presence is being salt and light. We look different from the world, or at least we should. And when we behave more like Jesus, people are drawn to us, whether they realize it or not. And our persuasion, it's persuading, not pressuring, because pressure turns people off, not on. The Apostle Peter told people to be ready in every season to give the reason for their hope, to give their testimony. And so we're called to the same thing, to always be prepared to give our testimony where our hope comes from. In the early Christians, they used persuasion. They told everybody the wonderful good news. They persuaded everyone to the truth of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And they also did it by reasoning and explaining because it's not a blind leap of faith. It is possible to persuade by showing people good reasons to believe. Our proclamation is telling people to come and see. We invite people to come and see what Jesus has done in our lives. And we invite people to come and see who Jesus is. Let me tell you about Albert McMakin. Albert was a young farmer and he had just become a Christian and was really excited. And he found out about an event where someone was going to be coming and speaking about Jesus, and he wanted to invite all of his friends. So he got a van, and there was this one guy, this young farmer's son, that he really wanted to come. 
But this farmer's son was a good-looking guy and had a lot of girlfriends and had no interest in going. So Albert was thinking, how am I going to get this guy to go? So eventually he asked the guy to drive the van. And the farmer's son said, okay, I'll drive the van, but I'm not coming in. So he drove everyone to the event, and curiosity got the better of him, so he popped in to see what was going on, and he was spellbound. He came back night after night after night, and on the final night, the speaker said if anyone wanted to accept Jesus to come to the front, and that farmer's son went to the front and accepted Jesus. Since that day, he has spoken in person to 210 million people about the Christian faith. He was the friend and confidant of nine American presidents, and he has spoken to half the world's population via television. His name was Billy Graham. Amen. But we can't all be Billy Grahams, but we can all be Albert McMakins. We can all be the ones to say, come and see and bring our friends to Jesus. Our power in sharing Jesus with others, it comes from the Holy Spirit. I mean, we do our part, we make our presence known as we persuade and proclaim, but ultimately it's the Holy Spirit doing the work through us and in us. It's what changes people. With the Holy Spirit at work, we pray to God that others may be saved. Because we can only do so much in the flesh. But I will tell you this, God's word does not return void. If you share the gospel with someone, God's gonna do something. So some of you in the room might be feeling a little uncomfortable right now, particularly the introverts, because the thought of talking to people and telling them about Jesus, that's just a hard no for you. But the good news is, you don't have to strike up a conversation with everyone you meet. How you live your life speaks so much louder than the words you say. Amen. Yeah, so what, do, what does your life look like? Does it look like Jesus? Or do you look like an unbeliever? Your words, do you build people up or do you break them down? Are you kind to everyone, even people you don't agree with? Are you generous with your time, talent, treasure, and touch? Do you forgive easily or do you hold grudges? When you come here on the weekends, are you just here to check off a box or to keep up appearances? Or are you coming here because you are so hungry for the word and want to get filled up so that you can go back out into the world ready to fight the good fight? What does your life say about you? Because friends, we gotta look different. The world is watching. And even if people don't know that you follow Jesus, they ought to at least be able to sense that something is different about you because you have a spirit within you and they have a spirit within them and that spirit senses the other spirit. But here's some food for thought. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, what kind of spirit are you filled with? Because this world is passing away. You may have seen the meme, normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. And he is coming back. Scripture tells us, and Jesus told us, that Jesus is coming back. 
And we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but we know that he is coming back. And we as believers, we can be filled with hope for that glorious day that as the world is in turmoil, we know that this isn't our home, that we're just passing through. But life is so hard right now because there's wars and rumors of wars, there's cultural wars, everybody's confused. There's famines and floods, inflation. The love of many has grown cold. And people are scared and angry and just walking around hopeless because they have, fa- they have placed their faith in faithless politicians. They have staked everything on this life because they feel that this is all they have and they're so determined to live their best life now that they're sacrificing an eternity of glory for just a few earthly experiences. A serious spiritual sickness rests upon the world right now. And brothers and sisters, we have the cure. It's Jesus. If someone you know was physically dying in front of you, you would do anything you could to save them, wouldn't you? Well, people we know and love are spiritually dying right in front of us. Why are we not trying to save them? Each of us here has a choice. We can either just bide our time and wait until we die or Jesus comes back, whichever comes first, or we can make the most of the rest of the time that we have here and tell everyone and anyone about Jesus and what he has done for us and just go and share the good news. Because I don't know about you, but I know that at the end of all things, I want to be able to stand before my heavenly Father and hear him say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm aiming to please him, not the world. So here's your final marching orders from Jesus himself. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So let's go, let's go. You have been given the greatest news you will ever receive. And that takes us to today's next step that I will go and share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world, one person at a time. So if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what's holding you back? Do you doubt who Jesus is? Or do you have doubts about yourself or what it would mean to live as a a follower of Jesus? It's easy to have Jesus in your life. I mean, here at New Life, we say that it's as simple as ABC. A means to admit. We admit that we're sinners and that we need Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And B, we believe. We believe that Jesus came here to save us, to rescue us. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he's fully God and fully man and that he died on that cross in our place 
that he rose again on the third day. We believe he is who he says he is. And see means we confess. We confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we commit to following him by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Because when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is our Savior, we have believed and declared the good news. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we become his ambassadors, and we get to go out into the world representing him. But that's the simple part. But to live as a follower of Jesus, that's the hard part. Because we live in this crazy world, and we still wrestle with our sin nature. I wish I could tell you that it goes away, that it gets easier, but it doesn't. You know, some things, as soon as you accept Jesus, it's removed, you're, you're done, you're over it. But we all have that pet sin that we just can't quite seem to let go of, and we wrestle with it. And there's days that it's just overwhelming, and you know, and there's times where you're like, God, stop the ride, I wanna get off. But the world just keeps on turning, and we just keep on keeping on. Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to help us when we're struggling with our sins or when we're struggling with this world. And we have Jesus Christ as our hope that gives us peace and turmoil. So you've heard the good news. So now you need to decide. You know, are you going to just keep waiting? Because the world's not waiting. Today is the day. You know, excuse me for being vulgar, but I said this to some people earlier. Poop or get off the pot. You know, God said that don't be lukewarm. You know, be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, he's going to spit you out of his mouth. Choose a side. You know, are you going to be on team Jesus or are you going to be on the world's team? Because lines are being drawn. We're seeing that. People are loving their sin more than they're loving God of the universe. You know, people are more worried about whether or not they can kill their baby than whether or not they can feed their family. This world is dark, and we have to be the light. So what team are you going to play with? Today's the day to accept Jesus, and if you've already accepted Jesus as your Savior, but maybe you've been playing on the other team for a while, the good news is your name is still on the roster. Once you accept Jesus, you're in the book of life and you stay in there. So how about today you come back and play for our team again? So right now, I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. You can pray it with me or you can say it in your own words. It really doesn't matter the exact wording. What matters is your heart and just the complete submission of everything, giving it all up to God and accepting Jesus. So pray this with me now if you're ready. Father God, I admit that I am a sinner, Lord. I admit that there have been times where I have been playing for the other team. And Lord, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And Father, I believe that he is your son. I believe that Jesus came here for me. I believe that he died on that cross for me so that my sins could be forgiven and that I could be in relationship with you, Lord, forever. And I believe that he rose again on the third day, just as he said that he would. And Lord, I confess here and now to you, and Lord, I will confess to everyone that Jesus 
is my Lord and Savior. And God, I commit to following him every day. So please fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can go out into this world and be salt, a light. And Father, thank you for this gift that I don't deserve, but that you so freely give to us, Lord. And it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So I'm going to do something just a little bit different right now. I've been feeling a weight to pray for all of you because like I said, the battle lines are being drawn. It's time for us to choose a side. It's time for us to stop being lukewarm. We need to decide, are we all in or are we just playing church? So I wanna pray for you today. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time, or if you've recommitted yourself today, or if a fire has been lit within you today and you are just burning for him, I wanna pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for each person in this room. Lord, I pray for those who may have just trusted you. And Father, I pray for those who maybe have finally returned home to you, Lord. And Father, I pray for each person that you are doing a stirring within them. Lord, that you would give them boldness, that you would give them courage to go out into this world, Lord, because I know that you are sending us as sheep among the wolves. And so, Lord, I pray that just each person in this room will be filled to overflow with your Holy Spirit so that they will go and share the good news with everyone and anyone, Lord, that they would go and be salt, be a light, and that they would just reflect you, Lord, that they wouldn't even have to even say your name, Lord, that people would just know that they belong to you because of how they live their lives. So, Lord, I pray for each and every person in this room, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for your purpose for them. Lord, reveal yourself to them so that they know who, who they are in you, Lord. And I just thank you for your love, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.